0: Ttb Nation. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome back for another week of the Park and the Bus podcast. We get it started off right here on a Monday, talking UK football, and we got a lot of football to talk about. We got the FA Cup and a lot of matches going down. Some upsets already. Some of the some of the big dogs are out some of the underdogs are in and we we had really some some matches that will turn heads and we even had a a penalty shootout or two we'll get to all of that today on parking the bus we're gonna start though in the WSL this week because well all but one match was canceled or postponed due to a current outbreak of COVID-19 in the UK um interestingly enough it affected the entire WSL, but did not affect the FA Cup at all. And they are on the same island. However, um, I know there was an outbreak in some of the teams in the WSL. And when you've, you know, it's a smaller league, so all it takes is a couple teams to to really um, postpone a number of matches. But you had Aston Villa-Arsenal postponed. Manchester City-West Ham postponed. Everton-Manchester United postponed. Bristol City, WFC, and Brighton Hove Albion women postponed, as well as Tottenham versus Birmingham City. The only match that was played was Reading nil, uh, yeah, Reading nil Chelsea five. Chelsea with three important points, as we as Fran Kirby would get on the score sheet. Not one, not twice, not thrice, but four times. The poker for Fran Kirby. Uh, getting assist from two assists from Sam Kerr and another from uh, Judo Raiton. And the final goal would be notched by Soyeon Ji, the Korean international for Chelsea. Chelsea picks up three points. Let's see if that makes any difference in the table right now. It does. It moves them up to second, and they even have a match in hand on the leaders. So top of the table at this point, is Manchester United, 10 matches played, 26 points. Chelsea, second, 23 points from nine matches. If they win their match in hand, naturally, they will be level on points with Manchester United, and they have a superior goal difference by five goals. So if they win that match in hand, naturally, they would have an even bigger um, goal difference. Arsenal, are third right now, they got 22 points from 10 matches. Fourth is Manchester City, nine matches played, 18 points. Everton, are fifth. Fourteen points from nine matches. Reading, eleven matches played. They're the only ones to hit match number eleven. They have thirteen points. Birmingham City has nine points from eight matches. Tottenham Hotspur nine points from nine matches. While Brighton Hove and Albion, in ninth, have eight points from from ten matches. West Ham United nine matches played, seven points. Aston Villa have six points from eight matches, and Bristol City. WFC in the relegation spot right now with only two points after 10 matches played. Let's quickly take a look here and let's see what we got in terms of leaders in the WSL. Obviously, with just one match played, it's not going to change too much, but there is one notable change. Uh, Top of the goal scoring chart is still Vivian Miedema. Uh, of Arsenal. She's got 11 goals, but Fran Kirby of Chelsea with that poker with four goals climbs all the way to second with seven now. She's level with Jill Ruard of Arsenal. Samantha Kerr of Chelsea also with seven. Caitlin Ford has a six. She plays for Arsenal and then a whole slew of players with five. That's where we stand right now in the WSL. Hopefully next week we'll have more matches to talk about. Let's look quickly at the Scottish Premiership now as well. Four matches to talk about this weekend in Scotland in the Premiership. Um, And of course we're talking men's football again. And in the Scottish Premiership on Saturday, January the 9th, Kilmarnock, 2-0 winners at home over Hamilton Hamilton Academical. St. Mirren and Motherwell play to a 1-1 all draw. And then on Sunday, January the 10th, of course, Aberdeen at home to league leaders Rangers. It is the visitors Rangers picking up three more points to add to their tally. Aberdeen 1, Rangers 2, and the league leaders extend their lead Later on Sunday was Livingston 3, Ross County 1, and coming up today on Monday, 2.45 Eastern time here in the United States, makes it 7.45 p.m. in the UK, Celtic host Hibbs. And the table right now in Scotland, as you know, they play a split season. So halfway through, they will switch to a championship and a relegation grouping. They'll, And you'll get another 10 matches between the teams in the top six. But for now, Rangers top of the table, 23 matches, six, 65 points, unbelievable 21 victories, only two draws, 59 goals for six against. Second place, way back, is Celtic. They are 22 points back with 43 points. Four matches in in hand, however, so you can account for 12. About half of the points, they can cut that lead in half if they win their matches in hand. Third place is Aberdeen on 39 points with 21 played. Hibernian is fourth with 36 points. Livingston, fifth with 30. And right now, it's Dundee United with 26 holding on to that final spot in the championship to qualify for the championship phase. Kilmarnock in seventh are two back, while St. Mirren are three back, but with two matches in hand. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get right into the FA Cup. All right, we got I'm not sure how long this is going to take uh, this week because there's a lot of matches to go over, but I don't know how much time I'll really spend on each match. So in the next segment, we'll work our way through the fixture list, and I'm sure the talking points will will come from that. So this is the Parking the Bus podcast. I am your host, Mr. Mike Agustinio. You can follow the show on Twitter at PTB underscore media, on Instagram at PTB underscore media as well. And don't forget, that this is your home for a lot of competitions this year. Here's a message from the PTB Media Network. UEFA Euro 2020, this summer, here on the Parking the Bus podcast. Welcome back to Parking the Bus episode 21, coming to you from here in Worcester, Massachusetts to the entire world. And we're talking about the FA Cup now. So we're going to start with the results from Friday, January the 8th. Last Friday, we got started at Villa Park. And it was Aston Villa 1, Liverpool 4. Liverpool advancing, leaving Villa behind in the dust. And then later on Friday, at the Molyneux, Wolves 1, Crystal Palace 0. Now for some of the fun. Some of the clubs we don't normally talk about on Parking the Bus... And what do we have? We have on Saturday, we started off with a Borham Wood nil, Millwall 2, Millwall in advances. Everton and Rotherham go to extra time. That's right, Rotherham takes Everton all the way to extra time. But it will be Everton prevailing 2-1. to They'll get goals from Tosun and Dalcore. Um... While Rotherham gets their equalizer in the 56th from Olasunde, which forced the match to go to the extra time. Uh, Everton then hold the lead through the final 27 minutes of extra time. Luton 1, Reading nil. Luton advances, Reading all done. Norwich City 2, Coventry City nil. Nottingham Forest 1, Cardiff nil. Here is the first... Upset of the weekend. And it is Chorley. Who are they, you ask? Chorley are a team from the National North and South Division, which is, I believe, the fifth or sixth level. I think it was the sixth division side. They host championship side Darby County, and they beat championship side Darby County. A goal from Connor Hall in the 10th minute, assisted from Harry Cardwell. Not that you know who these guys are, but it's an, a rare opportunity to say these names here and here here on the on the podcast for you. Eighty fourth minute, the amateur side would put it away when Mike Cavalry. Oh, sorry, Mike Cavalley would make it two nil on an assist from Elliot Newby, and the amateur side advances and sends Darby crashing out in round three. Bournemouth 4. Oldham 1. No surprises there. Blackburn Rovers 0. Doncaster 1. Blackburn are dropped. And we get our first penalty shootout next as we are in Blackpool. We are at the Bloomfield Road, to be exact, in Blackpool. And it is Blackpool taking on Premier League side West Bromwich Albion. The match ends 2-2 after 90 minutes as we get goals from Jerry Yates and Gary Medine for Blackpool, while West Brom will answer with goals from Simi Ajay and from Matheus Pereira from the penalty spot in the 81st minute, forcing extra time. It would then go to a penalty shootout and... Jerry Yates was up first. He misses. Camille Grosicki of West Brom would score. But then three straight Blackpool players will convert their penalty kick. Kenneth Dougal, James Husband, and Gary Medin. While Kyle Edwards and Darnell Furlong of West Brom would miss, Jake Livermore would keep would keep West Brom alive, converting his. Suleg Kaikai would miss for Blackpool. So Mateus Pereira, the who had already converted a penalty kick earlier in the match, the former Sporting CP player, from um, the Brazilian player, former former um, star, or I should say contributor for Sporting Lisbon, he had a chance if he could convert another penalty kick, but he does not, and Blackpool eliminate the Premiership side. They advance. The League One side advances. Also, on Saturday, more action. Bristol Rovers 2, Sheffield United 3. The Blades barely survive a scare from uh, the lower league side. Burnley 1, MK Dons 1. This game also goes to penalty kicks as we get... a Also, first shot missed by Burnley. That was... um, Mate Vidra but the next four Burnley shooters would convert Matthew Lawton Dale Stevens Josh Benson and Phil Bardsley would all convert and that would be enough for Burnley to eliminate uh, excuse me Burnley to eliminate MK Dons on penalties Exeter nil Sheffield Wednesday to the uh, the championship side advances Queens Park Rangers nil, Fulham 2 after extra time. It was nil-nil, obviously, after the 90 minutes before Fulham would advance from goals from Bobby Reed and Niskin's Cabano in the 104th and 105th minute, respectively. The the Cottagers advance Stevenage nil, Swansea 2. Stoke, nil. Leicester City, four. Wickham Wanderers of the championship, four. Preston North End, also of the championship, one. Big result for Wickham Wanderers who are struggling in the championship this year. Arsenal, two. Newcastle, nil after extra time. Nil, nil after 90 in that one as well at the Emirates. Brentford, two. Middlesbrough, one. Huddersfield, two. Plymouth Argyle, three. The League One side advances. Man United won, Watford nil, and we had one postponement that was Southampton hosting Shrewsbury, and so that match was postponed, moved to Sunday. All the matches completed on Sunday. We had Barnsley winning two 0 over Tranmere, Bristol City two one winners over Portsmouth, Chelsea eased to a four 0 victory over Morecambe, Cheltenham. Win 2-1 after extra time over Mansfield. And then another big, big upset. And it's another Premiership side that falls. It is Crawley, Little Crawley Town. And Crawley Town currently play in League 2. And they get three goals from Sarula on the 50th, Nadisan on the 53rd, and Tunnicliffe on the 70th minute. They beat Premier League side. Leeds United and Marcelo Bielsa crashes out of the FA Cup in the third round. This is a bit of a shock result and a huge, huge result in the history of Crawley Town. Moving on from this match, Manchester City take care of business. 3-0 winners over Birmingham. Tottenham go on the road to Marine FC and win a 5-0 hat-trick from Former Benfica striker Carlos Vinicius—he's actually an on-loan striker from Benfica—he picks up a hat trick for Tottenham. And the match that I was watching at the end of the day here uh, on Sunday from from Wales, Newport County won, Brighton Hove Albion won. This one would also go to penalty kicks. And if you were watching, um, you may have noticed that the TV feed cut out on ESPN Plus. With about three minutes left to go in the extra time. Fortunately, the, the picture returned just as the penalty kicks were about to begin. Josh Sheehan of of Newport County misses to start. Pascal Gross converts for Brighton, Hovind, Albion. Then Mickey Dimitri would miss. Neil Maupai would have a chance to make it 2 0, but he misses. Josh Labatti would, would convert and make it 1 1. While Yves Bissoma of, of Brighton Hoven Albion also misses. It is 1 1 after three. Ryan Taylor makes it 2 1. Lewis Dunk for Brighton would match that. 2 2 going into the fifth shot. Liam Shepard with the chance to go ahead misses. And it comes down to Leandro Trossard. And he had a really bad miss. As the goalkeeper um, would make a nice save by just kind of leaving his foot back in the middle of the goal. And he would make a foot save to force sudden death. Jamie Proctor up first for Newport County. He converts. Now with the match on the line, Davey Proper converts under immense pressure. As it goes to a seventh shot. Scott Bennett unsuccessful. His shot saved by the goalkeeper for Brighton, Hove, and Albion. And the goalkeeper was... I'm going to get his name right for you. The goalkeeper for Brighton, Hove, and Albion was Jason Steele. He saved a number of these shots. Um, Made another save here in the seventh round of the shootout. And then the final one, Adam Webster steps up for Brighton, Hove, and Albion and converts. And the Premier League side spared the embarrassment of going out in this round to a lower league side. Brighton, Hovind, Albion live to see another day in the FA Premier League. One match left to play in the round. That's going to be today, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, ESPN+. Plus. Stockport County is the site at the Edgeley Park in Stockport. And it is Stockport hosting Premier League side, West Ham United. Stockport, of course play in the the conference is where is where uh, Stockport play in the National League of the Conference. Um, they will, like I said, host Premier League side West Ham United for the final spot in round four of the Premier League. Of course, there's also the match that needs to be make, made up. Um, Southampton's match that will be need that will need to be made up in the future. So that is a synopsis if you will, a, a quick review of the of the FA Cup this weekend. obviously Crawley over leads the biggest result. Um, if you were on social media you probably saw a video from the locker room for for Chorley also for their victory over Darby. County. Those are the two big results. A lot of the big teams advance, obviously. Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, uh, Everton survive a scare. Leicester City all advance. So there's a chance of getting a big matchup in the next round. But there's also plenty of, of lower league sides advancing. So there's still a chance to see more uh, David versus Goliath matches in the upcoming rounds and what can also be really exciting in cup football is when two lower league teams meet you know further into the tournament and have a really rare chance to advance at this point once you get to round 4 when you're you know league 1 league 2 side or a non-league side any any draw is a good draw at that point and any opportunity to advance is a good opportunity now obviously there's no crowds in the stadium this year at least not yet, and probably not for the entire season. I don't expect it. I've said this, and I'll continue to say it until I'm proven wrong. And for the record, I hope I'm proven wrong soon, but I don't see it happening. But So you don't have the same financial uh, incentive of bringing a Manchester United to your home ground, per se. But there's still a lot of TV money and prize money that's on the on the table. And every round that you advance is a step and a, a boost for your club both, you know, in terms of spirits and in terms of finances. So it will be interesting to see when the draw comes out for the next round where it will go. Right now the top goal scorer in the FA Cup is Cheltenham Towns' Alfie May. He has three goals. He's joined by a number of players with three goals. Eight to be exact, or nine to be exact. So it's Alfie May. Um... Ashley Nattison, Benjamin Whiteman, Carlos Vinicius, Car- Connor Hall, Dominic Samuel, Gary Medine, Medin, John Mellish, and Tom Nichols all have three goals. That That list will definitely thin out by the end of the next round, and we'll start to see perhaps a real goal-scoring race in this competition Um but like we said, also Tottenham advancing when I listed all of the the big teams. I left them out. I om- omitted them, but also they advance. So there's a good chance uh, that the next round will have some intriguing matchups, whether it's a David and Goliath or Goliath and Goliath, to be honest. Those are all exciting also. All right. That That is the FA Cup, ladies and gentlemen. Um when we come back, we're gonna take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll talk Liverpool and Southampton from last week. Uh, one Premier League match to talk about this week, and then we'll revisit the table after we discuss it. This is Park in the Bus. I am the Mister Mike Agustinu, and like always, you can follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram at ptb underscore media. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Parking the Bus podcast here on the PTB Media Network, your English language home of Copa Libertadores. And welcome back to this final segment of episode 21 of Parking the Bus. A little bit of a shorter one today, uh, with with you know matches being canceled and with um, all the cup fixtures and impossible to really watch them all as a lot of them went on at the same time Uh, a little bit less to talk about this week but uh, i'd be remiss if i didn't hit on this match one that happened after we went on the air last week so we're going back about a week monday january the 4th we are at the saint mary's stadium in southampton and it is Southampton hosting the league leaders Liverpool. Liverpool on a bit of a slump. The defending champions, of course, struggling. Here is Liverpool coming into this match. Okay, in their last, their last five, Liverpool had only one. They'd won two of their last five. Uh, the two-one late win over Tottenham, and then the seven-nothing thumping of. Crystal Palace but then three match or two matches on the trot uh dropping points with, with draws a 1-1 draw to West Brom and 0-0 draw with Newcastle going into this match with Southampton and in the let's go to the lineups first so for Southampton who come into this match they are in Southampton come into this match in Sixth place, or should say they they were in seven, they were tied for eighth place coming into the match. They'll leave in seventh place. So let's look at their 11 Southampton, that is in goal. Frazier Forster, four across the back, and their traditional 4 4 2. Kyle Walker Peters is the right back, Jan Bednarek and Jack Stevens are the center backs, with Ryan Bertrand as the left back that the two in center center midfield James Ward-Prowse is the captain and he partners with Ibrahima Diallo Moussa Genepo is the left-sided midfielder with Stuart Armstrong uh, working the right flank up front two strikers Danny Ings and former Arsenal star Theo Walcott remember him back at World Cup what was it, World Cup 2006 if I'm not mistaken Maybe it was 2010 when he was just a teenager, but he's still kicking around that Theo Walcott. And here he is on Southampton now. Liverpool would come out with their 4-3-3. Allison Becker, obviously the goalkeeper. Trent Alexander-Arnold, the right back. Jordan Henderson and Fabinho in the center of defense with Andrew Robertson as the left back. Thiago Alcantara will anchor the midfield with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to the right, Jorginho Wijnaldum to the left, and the three in attack is Mo Salah on the right, Sadio Mane on the left, and Bobby Firmino, the Brazil international, taking care of the center striker role. So it would get started real quick. It would be in the second minute, Um, interestingly enough. And it would be Southampton drawing first and only blood in the second minute. It would be uh, following a foul from Thiago on Armstrong. The resulting set piece is a chip over the top into Ings from Ward-Prowse. And the Englishman takes it down neatly before lofting it over Allison into the top right corner. 1-0 to the Saints. And oh, when the Saints go marching in. I want to be in that number. The Saints' number was three, as in three points. Liverpool fall again. Let's look now at the table, then. Okay. As, um, well, we can talk about the match a little bit. Liverpool just starting to get figured out, in my opinion. They're not as sharp, not as. Um, Not as precise, not as careful as they were last season. They're they're not the same machine. They're doing a lot of the same things. They they are missing some options off of the bench right now. Notably, Diogo Jota is missing. Okay, there's other players missing right now. Um, They're trying to do the same things, but I think these teams are starting to understand how to play against a Jurgen Klopp-led side. Uh, We saw the talking point at the end of the match was, of course, the manager of Southampton. And um, and the emotional, emotional, um, just showing, um, the outpouring of emotion from the manager after the match, of course, as uh, he, you know, he had missed some time. Ralph, uh, is the name of the Southampton manager, and he was very, very emotional, having beaten Liverpool. This was a match for his. This is a a career achievement, especially beating um, a fellow German in Jurgen Klopp. And, I mean, you got a real good performance from Danny Ings in this one. You also got a solid performance in midfield from James Ward-Prowse, two of the highest-rated players on the pitch that night. Liverpool underperformed. There's no doubt about it. But Liverpool right now, when they don't have the openings that they're used to finding... Their creativity is lacking. I'm going to be honest. They're not finding. They're not creating new situations. They seem to be trying to do the same thing over and over and over, and hope that it works. You know, and they go into the well one too many times. They're getting. They're getting figured out, and then when they are getting the opportunities, they're just squandering them. And you know, trailing in this one for 88 minutes and being unable to draw level is just unacceptable for a team challenging for the title I mean you're gonna lose matches and you're gonna drop points but to have 88 minutes to draw one back and put the other team under pressure and they never were able to do it a frustrating night no doubt for for the Scousers but they really to me are lacking some imagination and for all the heart and all the fire that that Jurgen Klopp uh, breeds into them, I think there needs to be a little bit more creativity coming from the midfielder and of course in a 4-3-3 you get more of a workman like midfield than you do a creative midfield but you know, you get guys like, like Thiago and, and Alex Oxlade chamberlain Wijnaldum, these guys are all guys that are used to getting forward used to getting on the end of things used to creating stuff, you've got you know, you've got Sadio Mane and, and Mohamed Salah, not not creating goals right now. Roberto Firmino also nowhere to be found aside from that one match again against Tottenham where he scores the winner. Um, the form has, has certainly dropped for for Liverpool from last season and we've seen little cracks in their armor this year and it looked like they had figured things out with that 7-0 victory earlier in the month or earlier at the end of December I should say over Crystal Palace but they're they're slumping again, and um, took care of business in the FA Cup, of course, against against Aston Villa. But it looks like if that goal doesn't come, the longer that you keep Liverpool scoreless, it seems like the less inventive they get, the less confident they get. You can see that their heads start to drop, and their belief starts to drop. And obviously, missing some of their key substitutions. I'm not a key substitutes, I should say. We're going to look down. This is a long injury list. I'm going to read the injury list for Liverpool right now just so you have an idea. Diogo Jota, I mentioned him. Joe Gomez, the center back, out for the season. Joel uh, Matip is out until later this month. Constantinos Simkas is out until next month. Naby Keita out till mid-January. And, of course, losing uh, Virgil van Dijk until early May a de- devastating blow to the Reds and a devastating blow to their hopes pro- of a, a double or a treble or something along those lines as um, perhaps Jurgen Klopp is going to have to focus on one competition or another. We'll see where they are in a month's time when the Champions League comes around again. Now, they have also advanced in the FA Cup, so that's an added fixture that's going to pop up in the next couple of weeks as well. And, um, you know, they're really... You really got to wonder if they're going to turn this around, if they're going to start to to find something new. It can Klopp change something to make this team tick better? Okay, um, we'll have to wait and see. Now, here's what Liverpool has coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. We look at their their fixture list. It starts the next Sunday, the 17th, with a massive one against their main rivals right now for the title, at least at the top of the table, in terms of the table. They're even on points right now. It's Liverpool hosting Man United in a big, big derby. Those are two big rivals. It'll be at Anfield. That'll be at 11.30 a.m. next Sunday, obviously. And let's see, is that on NBC or on Peacock? It has not been announced yet if that'll be on NBC or on Peacock. So you'll have to check your listings for that one. Okay. After that, four days later, Liverpool hosts Burnley before a week after that traveling to Tottenham. This is they've got they're going to play Tottenham again, which is interesting because they just played them a couple weeks ago but they're going to play them again. And then they close out the month on January 31st at the London Stadium at the Olympic Stadium, whatever you want to call it at West Ham. So there is some big big fixtures coming and even if you look at the first 2 weeks of February Liverpool are host Brighton, host Manchester City, travel to Leicester City and then ho- and then travel to Leipzig to take on RB Leipzig in the Champions League and then got to quickly turn it around for their Merseyside derby against Everton. This is this is quite the fixture list. We've watched for the last couple of weeks as Tottenham has has had this type of of fixture list with big team after big team and you know, it it's now looks like it's going to be Liverpool's turn. I mean, they're going to see United, City, and Tottenham all in the next six weeks. Okay, so that is is a lot of tough matches. And we can look at the table right now before we move on to the, the Carabao Cup. Okay, we had two semifinals last week. We'll, we'll finish the show with that. But first, let's hit the table In the Premier League, like we said, Liverpool are currently the leaders um, on goal difference right now. And with one match extra played over Man United. But it is Liverpool, top of the table, 17 matches played, 33 points, uh, a plus 16 goal difference, which is 7 better than United right now. But remember, United with a match in hand, so 16 played also, 33 points. And United were the first team in the Premier League to get to 10 wins this season. Third place, one point behind them, is Leicester City, who have now also gotten to 10 wins. They've got 17 matches played, however. 32 points. And fourth is Tottenham with 29. Tottenham's goal difference just slightly better than Man City and Southampton. All three of them on 29 points. That's the top six right now. And Everton in seventh also on 29 points. So the goal difference goes Tottenham plus 14, City plus 11, Southampton plus 7, Everton plus 6. And then in eighth place is Aston Villa with 26 points. They're two goals better than Chelsea who also have 26 points and West Ham who also have 26 points. So the top ten right now separated by a mere seven points. This is amazing. Shaping up to be a season where the Premier League may be the one to watch. I mean, it's so close when you're looking at 10 teams within 7 points. And I've said this before. In some leagues, 7 points is already the the distance between 1st and 2nd. So, this can go in so many different directions. 11th right now is Arsenal climbing their way back up. 23 points from 17 matches plus 1 goal difference. Which is 4 goals better than Leeds United who are 12th also on 23 points. Wolves 13th on 22, and their goal difference slightly better than Crystal Palace, who have 22 points. Wolves with a minus 6 goal difference, Palace with a minus 7. Newcastle are 15th, they have 19 points. 16th is Burnley with 16 points. Brighton 17th on 14 points, and then in the relegation zone right now, it's Fulham in 18th with 11. West Brom in 19th with 8 and at the bottom and looking very, very bleak. Some 12 points from safety is Sheffield United with 2 points from 17 matches. Let's now move on to the Carabao Cup. Alright, and we know we have a final. So we know what the final is going to be now. We had 2 matches at midweek to decide the Carabao Cup. Semi-finals, only one leg this year. Normally, this is a two-legged round, but this year, due to COVID, only one round. So, we're going to look at the semi-final. The first one was on Tuesday, and it was Tottenham hosting Brentford. And this one taking place, of course, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And it wa- Brentford gave Tottenham a pretty good match. Let's look at the starting lineups, starting with Brentford. The championship side, David Raya is the goalkeeper. He's got four across the back in a 4-3-3. Henrik Adelsgaard is the right back. Ethan Pinnock and Mads Beck are the center backs with Rico Henry playing as the left back. Three in midfield. Vitali Janelt anchoring the midfield with Joshua Da Silva to his right. And Matthias Janssen to his left. Up front, Ivan Tony is the striker. He has Brian Mabuimo to his right and Sergi Canos to his left. Here is the side that Jose Mourinho set out for this Carabao Cup semifinal. The League Cup. Hugo Lloris in goal. They're playing a 4-2-3-1. Four across the back, obviously. Serge Aurier is the right back with Davidson Sanchez and Eric Dyer as the central defenders. Sergio Reguilon is the left back. The double pivot in midfield Pierre-Emile Hojberg partners with Moussa Sissoko. The three attacking midfielders Lucas Moura on the right, Tangwe N- Ndombele in the center with Huang Min-son as the left-sided midfielder and Harry Kane plays in front of them as the striker. Strong lineup from Tottenham Hotspur here and Tottenham would get their goals. From usual names, in the 12th minute, it would be Musa Sissoko on an assist from Sergio Reguillon as he would put the Spurs, or put Spurs ahead, I should say. And Brentford would battle the way back, would look to have equalized, but the VAR would rule the goal offside. And I was amazed at how quickly the VAR in England was able to not just look at the video, but to zoom in to zoom all the way down and see who's which players you know furthest body part was was furthest, if it makes sense. So you saw the Brentford players knee ahead of the I think it was Eric Dyer's foot, making him offside on the goal. They did it all in about forty five to sixty seconds tops. When you follow the Portuguese league like I do that literally takes 6 or 7 minutes to come up with i don't know why it takes so long in other leagues the the premier league or sh- yeah the, the 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 premier league or the football league is the the governing body of this competition and they got this done quickly and it wasn't long after that that son would would double the lead on an assist from Ndombele. and then Jose Mourinho would go to the bench. On comes Ben Davies and Harry Winks to replace Sergio Regulon and Lucas Mora. Brentford would make a couple substitutions of their own to try to get back in this. Tarij Fosu, Emiliano Marcondes, and Marcus Force would replace Sergi Canos, Vitali Janelt, and Brian Mobuemo. As then those were in the 74th and 81st minutes. And then in the 84th minute. It would be Joshua Da Silva sent off for violent conduct. Originally given a yellow card, the referee reviewed it. And after reviewing on the VAR, it was a straight red card. Joshua Da Silva sent off. Brentford down to 10 men. Mourinho would make two more substitutions. On comes Jafet Tanganga as he replaces Hogeberg And Carlos Vinicius on in the 89th to replace Son and we would see that match out. The referee would blow his whistle for full time, uh, and it is Tottenham Hotspur booking their spot at Wembley for the final on April the twenty-fifth. As uh, it's funny, you, there's a video that has surfaced of Jose Mourinho. I think he's he's the one that shared it himself on the on his own Instagram, coming into the locker room. And shouting in Portuguese that hey we made it to another final, and the the caption is funny because Ledley King is the only one. Ledley King, along with his first assistant, his first assistant is is João Sacramento. Okay, a Portuguese coach, but the rest of the staff, uh, or at least the staff that was in the video, is not Portuguese. And it was funny. He said it in Portuguese, and Ledley King looked <laughs> understood. And, and the caption was like Ledley King, when Ledley King's uh, Portuguese. Portuguese lessons pay off, and Tottenham into the final. The next day, it was a Manchester derby to decide who was going to be the opponents for Spurs in the final on April the 25th. We got Manchester United hosting Manchester City. Let's go to those lineups real quick. United with Dean Henderson in goal in a 4-3-1-2. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Victor Lindelof, Harry Maguire, and Luke Shaw, the back four. Nothing out of the ordinary there. Fred, Scott McTominay, and Paul Pogba, the three in midfield, playing behind Bruno Fernandes, who plays in the number 10 role, a traditional 10 role behind Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford. City. Go with American Zach Steffen in goal once again, as he is start the former New York City FC goalkeeper getting some valuable playing time here for Manchester City under Pep Guardiola. Three at the back for Manchester City. It's John Stones, Ruben Dias, and Alexander Zinchenko in the back, and then five in midfield with Raheem Sterling playing as a wide, you playing basically doing the entire right corridor. Inside of him is cancelo with Fernandinho anchoring that midfield. Ilkay Gundogan to his left and then Phil Foden doing the entire left channel. And they're playing behind two forwards, Riyad Mahrez and Kevin De Bruyne. And the match was fairly even for much of it. In the 50th minute though, John Stones would break the deadlock and make it 1-0 to City. Fernandinho would add one in the 83rd. Very little from Manchester United, in my opinion, in this match. And I continue to be a critic of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Not not convinced he is the man to lead this team. And I'm going to continue. And I know where they are in the table, but in these big matches, it just doesn't come together. And uh, John Stones ends up getting the man of the match in this one according to the Fought Mob app uh, with an 8.1 rating. Nothing comes from Bruno Fernandes in this one in terms of goals or assists. Of course, no penalties, something that United have come very accustomed to getting. But it was going to be City's Day as we get one of our favorite everyone's favorite matchups it's pep versus jose in the final of the league cup of the carabao cup as it's called for sponsorship reasons historically known as the league cup and i think that adds interest to it as well all right so that's where the league cup is going and that is it for parking the bus episode 21 as we start our second week of this format of daily episodes hope everyone enjoyed it again hope everyone had a great weekend um hope that y'all will, will listen throughout the rest of the week and I hope everybody is is staying safe and catching as much football as they can. I know I'm trying to watch as much as I can, and we'll have plenty, plenty more football to talk this week here on Park and the Bus. Thank you once again. I am the Mr. Mike Augustine signing off, and I'll see you tomorrow for a Germany and France edition. That's our Tuesday lineup um, here on Parking the Bus. The PTB Media Network is your home for in-depth English language coverage analysis and opinion on all things involving the biggest club in Portugal. That's right. Mr. Benfica comes to you every week with in-depth reviews of matches of the men's and women's football teams at Benfica, plus... Updates on the club's other sports such as futsal, basketball, rink hockey, volleyball, and team handball. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to Mr. Benfica wherever you get your podcasts or listen at www.mrbenfica.com. And of course, follow Mr. Benfica on Twitter at BenficaMr and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica.